Hello, everyone, and thank you for clicking on the Digital Selling Secrets podcast. We're about to start part two of the interview with Kasia Robinson, and we discuss how to find your ideal client. So after this one-minute intro, we'll get back into the interview. But the reality is we're human, and when we're on social media and we're only seeing the highlight reel, when something human pops up, something relatable, something vulnerable, that builds trust. Then what I have to do is offer them something that has a high enough perceived value to overcome their desire to not get pitched or spammed or bothered or annoyed. I have to go on a gut level first and foremost. What sells me? How do we take some of the repetitive, quote unquote, bureaucratic tasks out of the hands of the rep and automate those to free up time for them to spend selling? How can we create a place where it's positive, where there's nothing but motivation, education, and inspiration, and how can we do it consistently? Five, four, three, two, one. And they were just like, we want you to post some pictures here. We want you to do that. Blah, blah. It was, you know, it didn't really matter what the quality of the photos were. It doesn't really matter what the quality of the content was. Like they just didn't see it as that important. And so they were really driving towards a lower price and they were driving towards volume. And for her, she was more of a specialist. She really had like her, her business was built around really high quality content and really thoughtful kind of tactical campaigns, groundwork as well as digital work, all of the stuff that this customer didn't want. And so it was a big, it was a relief for her when she was able to exit that relationship. And she actually held some pieces of it for longer because those were, they had, a, it was a restaurant group, they had multiple properties. And some of the properties, the managers there were more invested in what she was doing. So, but it gave her so much more freedom and she was able then to pick up different types of clients and we had this conversation recently because we all know what's happened in the restaurant industry. And she was like, if this had happened last year, I would have been screwed. Right? But now I've got a diversified portfolio of clients who are not firing me when times get tough. So, so how do you find that balance, right? So I've dealt with some sales professionals. Some are more like me where I'm like, hey, the pressure's on. Let me, let me just call as many people as I can. And then you Dial have the, for dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you really have to take that step back and think about who you're going after, where they're at and, and think strategically about the situation. But then you can go to the other end of the spectrum and it's like, you're just analyzing and analyzing oh, and, yeah. anal and, and at some point it's like, you got to pick up the phone at some right. point. So yeah. how do you navigate those waters? So I work to try to, I, what I have is that, cause I have a system for that. Um, and I'm actually doing a workshop, uh, pretty soon about it with a small group, but is walking people, it's, you gotta be organized. You can't just sit around and stew in your mind about what do I want? So I'm like, we'll go through, who are the best clients you've had? Who are the worst clients? What were the characteristics of those? What was it that you didn't like? Okay, we're gonna flip the negative, right? That's often people say, I don't want a nitpicker. And I'm like, well, what do you want? I want someone who's not gonna nitpick. I'm like, okay, what do you, you know, it'll take a few tries and eventually we'll come around to, I want somebody who values the same things that I value in the work or in the product. Okay, what do you value in the product? So we'll move pretty quickly through that to come up with an understanding of what you think you do best or your, what, what, is the, what are the most important features of your product. Then you can understand to whom those are important. And then I, and we do a screening question. So people get on the phone and they start selling, like, let me tell you what I got. Instead of getting on the phone and understanding, do you need what I have, right? Do you understand the value of what I'm bringing if you do need it, right? 
And then are you going to be a good customer? Are you going to be a good client? And there's a, and you can ask a couple of questions. People, if someone gets on and they say, well, it didn't work out. We tried this before. It didn't work out. Ask them about that experience. Oh, well, the guy was an idiot. Da, da, da. Any one time somebody starts talking about how someone was an idiot, just right. They might've been an idiot, but you want someone who's going to say, you know, we made a bad decision. It wasn't the right fit. Something like that. Yeah. Because they'll be telling someone else you're an idiot later. Okay. So don't, don't go there. Um, and I think that that can be getting that sense of a really quick screening questionnaire that asks questions of the person on the other end of the phone that makes them step up to the plate. Because again, your time, your product, your service, these are precious commodities. If you've done a gr- if you're doing a great job, you deserve great customers. You, you make a, such a great point. Um, what you described is a conversation. And I think, I think some sales professionals and business owners, I mean, if you're a business owner, obviously you're a sales professional. Yeah. Um, you, you try to separate human to human interaction on a normal basis versus quote sales, right? You put on your sales hat and somebody picks up the phone and they're like, and you got, you're in your sales mode, right? So you're like, hi, I'm Gary with XYZ company. We make blah, 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 blah. Would you like to meet with us? And it click, they hang up the phone and it, it's because you've asked nothing about them. You've asked, you've, you've established no rapport and you don't even know if there's a need. And so, but you're taking it even a step further. Like under, before you even have that conversation, understand who you want to talk to and then have that conversation and figure out if there really is a need or maybe it maybe needs the wrong word. Maybe it's a want, maybe it's just something they want. Um, and yeah. a lot of it's those easy questions and you know any any traditional sales you know if you do sales training a lot of people don't even get sales training right that's one of the things is a lot of people right. don't even get a relationship sales training right is that i'm i'm not sure i have the right person you pick up the phone i'm hi i'm not sure i have the right person can i just get 30 seconds of your time to figure out if this is if 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 you're the right contact for this of course very few people will say no to that right I mean, they may just hang up right away as soon as they realize they don't know you. But most people won't say no to that because they're trying, they want to be helpful. That's a natural state. We want to help. You've asked me for something really small. And the truth is, once I do you, there's a, this, uh, it's a principle of cognitive dissonance. Once I do you a small favor, I've put you in the category of people who are deserving of my time and attention. So if I do you a small favor, I'm more likely to do you slightly larger favors. Now, you need to provide me with value. You, I can't feel used but I have automatically decided that you are a person who's worth my 30 seconds of time. And then later you'll become a person worth five minutes. And eventually you might be a person worth money and a full relationship. So thinking of it that way can really help you get through those fat, those cold calls and screen whether or not this is even, you're even talking to the right person. Do they have a need? Do they have a want? What's going on? I guess it's kind of like, I mean, whether you're using digital or face to face, you're still dealing with people and, even if it's a small question, that's a a little bit of engagement to begin with. And I, I guess in digital terms, we can call it engagement, but you asked a, a simple question on the phone and you got them talking versus you just coming in and, and doing all the talking. You know, um, yeah, I was just going to say, because I found that very interesting what you're saying over the since this whole covid situation we have uh, i'm sure you're getting it as well a lot of people connecting with you on linkedin trying to say hey i came across your 
your profile. It looks like we have something, some connections together, blah, blah, blah. And you say, okay, you accept their connection. Bam. Next thing you know, they're trying to sell you something. And, uh, and I was thinking many times I think I'm not even your ideal client. Why are you even wasting your time with me? You've wasted my time, of course. And, uh, but I really like the way that you, you talked about, you know, what do you really, really want from your customer mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, keep picking up the phone and, and, or right. sending in LinkedIn, LinkedIn connections. Yeah. And I was to that point, I mean, I know for me that I, it, I do a lot of outreach on LinkedIn, right? I mean, I have, I work mostly by referral, but even within that, the, the referrals can come from someone that I've connected with. So I do a lot of outreach on LinkedIn, but like, it depends on how, what your volume is. Right. You can just check to see whether somebody's even active on LinkedIn. If they're not active on LinkedIn, then that that's not the right venue for them, right? So you can save right. yourself time there. But a lot of times, yeah, go in and say, you know, I notice we have some people compliment them, right? You quit and quick. The short, the longer the email is, the more um, the power dynamic goes. So the person who's sending the longer email is establishing that they are uh, they're trying to prove something, right? So you're trying to keep it to relatively short, and you're trying to keep it to a relatively congenial. But again. I notice this, hope you're well, what, you know, doing a few of those little things. And then maybe after they accept it, you say, thanks for the accepting it. Um, I would love to learn more about your business. Do you have 10, 15 minutes? We could talk about this again. You keep asking up into those and, and eventually you're, you're going to be able to explain what you do. Right. But again, I'm like, if I don't need your service um, or I don't want your service, it's not going to help. So I have the ability to go look at somebody's profile and go, well, they're going to try to sell me something and then not accept or accept and then just say, no, oh, thanks so much, but I don't really have time. So I think that's absolutely fine. But I also know that I've gotten interesting people reach out to me. And sometimes I have a client, you know, somebody reached out to me with a publishing and I'm like, I'm not writing a book, but I absolutely know people who write books, have people right. who have worked with people in the past and will probably work with people in the future who might want to write a book as part of their brand building. Great. It's nice to know a publishing house. And I asked, and so I had a call with them 20 minutes, no skin off my back. Yeah. It's, if done correctly, it's an efficient way to build a relationship. Yes. And, yeah. but what you are describing is like, going to a networking event, walking up to someone and, and just start spewing information about your company. And imagine if that was in a face-to-face -face interaction, you'd be like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, great point. So at the end of the day, we're, we're dealing with people and you got to have a conversation, but Kezia can help you uh, really um, dive deep into understanding who your client is and, and help with help develop clarity around your business. Um, am I missing anything? I, mean, I know you, you got a yeah, workshop the screening coming up. Question, yeah, and the screening questionnaire. I really think you got to walk out. You know, I mean, I could talk all day, but you need to walk out with a couple of bullet points which explain your value, right? To whom, to which which target market, and the screening questions. So then you're going on, and then it's like the, the process starts to come together a lot faster, and it feels better because you're you're not just begging somebody to give you business right you're out there really actively engaging and seeking out great clients awesome so i know you have your, you mentioned your workshop coming up what's the best way for people to get in touch with you linkedin 
Um, so, and uh, as, as long as you don't send me a, link, a paragraph this long telling you what you're going <laughs> to sell me, feel free. Uh, LinkedIn is great. You can find me also on Facebook um, at Cassia Partners. Cassia Partners is my business. That's on Facebook. And, uh, and also uh, my website, um, which is Cassia-Partners.com. C-A-S-S-I-A-Partners.com. Awesome. Well, thank, thanks again for joining us. Uh, it was a very insightful conversation. And um, for those of y'all that have been tuning in to the Digital Selling Secrets podcast, stay tuned for future episodes.